Hello and welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, an accountant and business coach to the busy business mum looking to find more confidence, clarity and calm amid this crazy thing we call life. Now, at the end of this episode, go on over to clairemarquick.com.au to check out all my latest offerings, blog posts, and freebies. But right now, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to our first pro tips edition of the Real Life Business Podcast. This week, I am thrilled to be chatting with Emma Purcell. Now, Emma is the world's leading conscious creation strategist who powerfully unlocks unique genius and inspires conscious creativity in some of the world's wisest leaders. Now, Emma, I have had the pleasure of working with you, um, so have a little bit of an insight into what all that means. But for those listening in who are wondering what a conscious creation strategist is, are you able to just share a little bit more about what it is that you do and how you came to be doing it sure so to keep it really simple (laughs) it's really about consciously creating what it is that you want and being an intentional leader so rather than getting caught up in you know what everybody's telling you you should be doing it's about really consciously going inside and unpacking what it is you actually want to be doing and what you feel really called to I love that. I love that. And I know like myself, I've shared it through this podcast so much, dripping through all of the episodes. Like I felt so, um, you know, conditioned to being a certain way. And I had these preconceived ideas, um, particularly starting out in my career, uh, my accounting career, what success looked like and how I was supposed to act and what I was supposed to be doing. And as I've gotten older, I'm starting to kind of peel back those layers and and get down to the core of who I truly am. And so, you know, so um, that's essentially what you're helping your clients to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's getting really deeply connected with your own inner genius. And yeah, and deconditioning mm. of everything that you've been taught by society and and coming back to almost that inner child where it's like you had that ability to just dream and create and nobody kind of got in your way. And then suddenly this time of your life came where suddenly that wasn't okay anymore and you had to be different and it mattered what people thought, you know. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot lot to be unpacked, but it's it's all about really getting clear on your true purpose and how you can feel fulfilled within yourself. I love that. I love that. How how did you come to be doing this? Is this something that you've always done or something? Is it a journey that you've taken yourself as well? Definitely a journey. Mm-hmm. And same as what I work with with my clients, it's it's been unpacking your own story, you know, your own destiny, if you like, as to what it's like we think that we're always chasing things, but we're actually chasing a feeling. Mm. We're actually chasing a way of being. And as you get more and more aware along the journey, you realise what needs to really be active within you for you to feel fulfilled and for it to feel correct and right and, you know, to build that excitement rather than the doubt and all those types of things. So, For me, I actually started out, um, my first job was more in retail and office manager type type career. And, you know, same thing, came out of school, went to year 12, did a business course for 12 months after that, then went into like office managing and managing sort of small retail um, businesses. And 
I never fit. I wasn't a very good employee. (laughs) I was only telling a friend this morning, I remember one of my bosses saying to me, I don't work for you. And I'm like, well, if you did, maybe things would go on better. (laughs) I I always could see like this better way of doing things. And, And interestingly, with the work that I do now, um, in my design, if you like, I'm I'm somebody who creates better systems and better ways of doing things, and I can come into people's businesses and lives and, and kind of see the blind spots, if you like. So, when I was in that business working for someone else, that's where I started to see it, mm. and then I ended up. Um, I actually started out in direct selling. I was only 18 years of age, and I started selling cosmetics because it was the easiest entry point that I could start my own business without any resources of my own and just have a go. And I had nothing to lose. If it didn't work, then I would just go get a job, you know, yeah. whatever. but it really was a safe place to grow. And it, I built a really big team. I was actually the youngest um, sales director in Australasia at the age of wow. 21. Nobody had done it that young before. That's awesome. um, ended up with the free car and the overseas trips and all the things that went with it. And so here I was at, 20, at 21 years of age and then went on to have my first child at only 22. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just, I, I felt so much, it was very, really different to be in that position of mm. even though I was under another umbrella, I still had this ability to, you know, kind of curate my own way and guess yeah. my own limits and figure out what I could do and that type of stuff. And, Then I got to a point with that where um, the income that I was generating for them, which was in the millions, I was like, hang on a minute. (laughs) You're only paying me a commission of all this work that I'm creating and being in a rural area. Like I didn't get the help. People weren't coming to me to help, you know, assist Mm -hmm. me. I had to learn it all and figure it out and create it myself. Um, And then just one day I was like, you know what, if I can build that for someone else, then I want to build this for myself. And so I went out on my own. And what I actually learned, the big kicker from that, because I was working with women, mm-hmm. what kicked me into what I'm doing now was actually diving deep into human behaviour, psychology, cognitive behavioural therapy, all the things, mm. I've got all the things, um, because I was fascinated as to why I was teaching this same sort of cookie-cutter system to all of these women I changed quite a bit myself because mm. it was a bit more American, made it a bit more Australian, you know. Yeah. But it was working for a lot of us and then there was other people that were putting in the effort and doing the things, but it just they weren't getting the results. So I started to become fascinated by why do some things work for some people and not for others when we're actually doing the same activities mm. that should be getting us to the same place, you know. Yeah. Um, And that's where I went down the rabbit hole of really deep, starting to really deeply understand what's actually going on within people and how their life experience affects that and how they can start to really decondition and shift it. And so, yeah, it's just been a never ending journey up until this point ever since then. (laughs) And we could probably continue to be as well, like something else that like comes up a lot it's just it's always there's always a new layer to unpack there's always something new to discover about ourselves and and a new way of looking at things it just it never stops does it this personal development journey (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah 
Yeah. And I yeah. like to call it more of a spiral, you know, that we're just forever deepening the same yeah. lessons, the same journey and seeing more gold within it. I like that. I like that. Now, in that story, you said um, you mentioned your design. Um, let's let's unpack a bit what you mean by that. Now, I you came into my awareness when human design and gene keys gene keys came into mine, um, and your name came up, and um, we connected, and the rest is history. But again, for those those listening in that are thinking, what the hell is she now talking about? <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about the, the tools that you use and how you help your clients discover who they are and what they need to be doing. Sure. So I actually discovered the Gene Keys. It would have been close to seven years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was before anyone had heard about it. It was just something that myself, two other people I knew um, were kind of exploring it as well. And we were studying our own path, our own journey within the Gene Keys. And we're then sort of incorporating it into our businesses and with our clients in the background, but not, you know, I, I talk to past clients today and because the gene keys is such a big thing in my life now, and I say to them, oh, yeah, we would have done, you know, your charts and your things and looked at your stuff back then because I was using it. Yeah. And they were like, no, I've never heard of it. And I remembered that I actually kept it as a tool in the back kind of in the back end oh, okay. where I would run their charts and things like that and then I would teach through, like teach them specifically how that, you know, how they should market and how they should do certain things and so on. So Gene Keys was where I started and then it wasn't until maybe three, three and a half years ago that I really discovered human design. Mm -hmm. um, so human design and the Gene Keys are both technologies that incorporate lots of ancient discoveries like the Chinese I Ching, mm -hmm. um, the Kabbalah, the, 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 um, like the Tree of Life, the Kabbalah, the, um, the chakra systems and also Western astrology. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like they've kind of taken lots of elements and lots of different pieces mm. and then human design was actually created first by Ra and he had a transmission and a download and created that, that experiment we like to call it yeah and then Richard Rudd who created the gene keys he actually started out working with Ra and wanted to unpack the gene keys with him but that didn't end up happening so he went out on his own gotcha. so a lot of people have actually discovered human design first yep and then the gene keys where I've done it the other way around and Human design to me, I'm not as personally excited about. I'm much, I weigh much heavier on the gene key side. Mm. Um, there's a few elements of it that I really like and and teach with my clients, but yeah, definitely more the gene keys for me. And yeah, I love that it's a way that you can take when you were born and start to play around and experiment with what we call your DNA blueprint. So what it is, what your actual destiny is when it comes to what your core wounds are and what it is that you're here to actually help heal and, you know, your purpose and the people that you're destined to attract and all those types of things. So when we start to unpack that when it comes to business, I work within business, but you can do it with relationships, with, you know, all sorts of elements. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to business, it just really helps people to find that validation and 
to really get that clarity mm. on what they're actually here to do. And it sort of, it, it helps with the whole, what should I be doing? Here's some of my ideas. You know, this might be a good idea as well. And it really helps you to refine that by taking away all the pieces that you're not and allows you to just really get validated on, okay, no, I'm just going to accept where I need to be. that this yeah. is where I need to be. This is the genius that I need to be in and then just give yourself permission to go for it in however that looks. I find it absolutely fascinating and, uh, you know, there's, there's so much to talk about I don't even know where to start. <laughs> But I think, I think, you know, so many people, for example, so many people come to me, so many business owners come to me and the thing that they're craving is clarity. You know, they're looking for clarity on what they should be doing, how, how they should be making decisions, how they should be operating their business, how they should be balancing that in with their life. And if what I can take from what you've just said, if I understand what I, what I take from what you've just said is that, you know, there is this, um, pathway is that the right word that we are all destined to take it's just that it may not be the societal norm and so most of us maybe a sweeping generalization most of us just fall onto the major life highway and we just do things the way that we're taught to do it and then we wonder why we're always seeking clarity we wonder why we're always struggling to um, stay on track on the track but actually what I think you're saying is that that might not be the track we're supposed to be on in the first place. Yeah. Yep. It's all about, I like to say rather than what's right and what's wrong, it's more about what's correct and what's incorrect for you. And I think what happens with the systems and the structures that we have in place within the world, within society, is that everybody's kind of hopping on the same train and when they internally are starting to become at war with themselves, mm -hmm. it's like it gets shut down everywhere and therefore it's like this environment that they're in doesn't actually allow them to start to really ignite that fire of what is trying to erupt within them and so the opposite happens instead. They start to suppress it, they start to believe the environment around them that that's not meant for me, that wouldn't work, people can't make that work, nobody makes money out of that, you know, all of these, these conditionings start to come into play mm -hmm. where people feel like it's harder than what they're currently doing when it's actually much more difficult to live a life where you're running away from yourself <laughs> than it is that to is just stop and really go within and start to unpack it. That's a fascinating. So do you think or do you believe that so at our core, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing? It's just the conditioning of society, of life, of what we're taught that sort of, you know, I, I'm a very visual person, so I'm imagining like, you know, just layers of crap, layers of just stuff put on top or brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. So we sort of we can't then see inside us. But at, at some point or another, we'll we'll get this like you know maybe a crack will start to form and we'll get this sort of shining light coming through as to actually maybe there is another way you know is, is that what you sort of find happens with with your clients yeah and I like to, I like to liken it to if you think about you know in in my age range anyway if I think about friends the show friends <laughs> yeah the image of Joey with all the clothes on yeah yeah 
And um, I like to describe it like that, where it's like we just we start to get all these layers put on us, all these layers of clothing, and then we finally get to a point where it's so heavy. And this is where I work with people that are starting up and unpacking ideas. You know, I'm big in the homeschool community. I unschool my kids. And I'm actually doing a teaching with teenagers around unpacking their inner entrepreneur and just helping them totally shift their thinking and the way that they look at the world. Um, but I work with, you know, people for free on, on some levels all the way up to seven, eight-figure, you know, business owners that have already built the success but they still get to the point where those layers, the clothing, mm-hmm. become so heavy that it's like I need to take this off. They, mm. They're losing themselves more and more. The more they put on, the more they believe, the more they start to shift away from essentially who they are as their naked true self, you know, the more they cover that up, the more uncomfortable and the heavier that it feels and, and more depressing, you know, mm. and they try to create this facade and this mask and they try to go they try to externalize everything through when I have the house the car the marriage the kids the you know, whatever it's very fine <laughs> so you know and then when they have all of these things they believe that 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 feeling that they're chasing you know this this inner connection to their pure being this nakedness that they are will suddenly emerge but how can they find it under so many layers you know they can look in the mirror until the day they die and they'll never see it you know exactly they'll only maybe see the first couple of layers that are on the top sort of thing yeah yeah so we've got to start to peel them back and that that isn't easy either you know it's not like you you using the technologies that I use for example which is only a small part of what I do but Hmm. It's, you know, you can't just get your human design, your gene keys chart and read them and then go, oh, great, I'll do all this now, right? It's not that easy because <laughs> you've got to then go, oh, there's, there's a, you've got to take then all these layers off one at a time and that's why that personal journey never ends because you're always, you know, coming back. And it actually takes us seven years to condition to something and therefore it takes us seven years to decondition. Wow. People are really frightened by that because they're like, oh my God, <laughs> if I'm failing at something now, I'm going to, you know, I've got seven more years of that. But it's what it really means from my own experience is that once you recognize a pattern or a conditioning or a way of doing things, especially when you're starting this journey of unpacking it all, then throughout that seven years, you're kind of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at the thing as every layer of it comes up. And then all of a sudden, in that seven-year time frame later, it's kind of like you have this moment where you realise that it doesn't exist anymore, that it's, it's now gone and that, you know, you can look back on who you were yeah. in the last three, four, five, six, seven years and go, wow, look at the, the massive shift and evolution that I've been on. And, and I believe that the more you do it, the easier the layers become at taking off. To take and you, off, yeah. And you can imagine too, when it's massive and there's a lot on, it's much more difficult to like peel it off, you know, because it's yeah. thicker, it's wider, it's bigger. <laughs> Physically, like I'm trying to imagine like unbuttoning a button that's like a meter out of you and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so as it gets closer, it becomes more rapid. It gets a lot faster and you start to move through things a lot quicker because your awareness 
is there. So, yeah, you can really start to play with what's conscious and what's unconscious, you know, within you. Yeah. So how can you, if, if there's someone listening to this going, this is fascinating, but I, I, I'm still not quite sure I get it. Like yeah. what might be some of the what might be some of the things that someone is experiencing if they are operating their business, for example, um, through learned behavior, through learned conditioning, as opposed to, you know, what's, what's there deep down in their soul. So this is where we could go, for example, to some of the, the human design traits, you know, where it's like they could feel frustrated and angry a lot and not really know where that's coming from, you know. Mm. It's like just everything sort of seems to frustrate them. Everything seems to kind of erupt that anger. That's that's a huge sign of being out of alignment. Um, it can also be like a bitterness and having this feeling of not being recognised for the work that they've been doing and, and how they've kind of been showing up in the world and feeling like nobody sees them so they can feel quite bitter about it. Um, disappointment is another one feeling like they're always disappointed there's always things never seem to go right it never seems to work out you know um and yeah and and just probably more of that that anger piece like shifting that frustration to an anger of like this almost reactive you know um very reactive and very um blunt way of kind of showing up in the world in a lot of ways and it kind of seeps out in different ways because everything's a relationship, right? And when we're talking to this inner relationship that we have, because that's what we're really trying to come back to, then what we'll see is dependent on who you are, whether you're a mother or a father or a you know, you're working in a business or whatever it might be, then it's always going to show up. The signs are always going to show up in a relationship somewhere. So, for example, if you're at work but you have to be professional so you can't really show your frustration and your anger and, you know, your bitterness and disappointment and whatever there, and so you kind of can put the mask on and put those that clothing on really tightly, you know, and kind of tie it up and make it nice and firm so nothing leaks out, right? But then when you go home, then that all might get unleashed on your kids or your partner or, you know, it'll show up somewhere else where people are needing to really let that out and let that go. Mm. And the truth is that when you can really start to unpack what your genius is, then it shifts you over into alignment. So it, it shifts you over to these feelings of feeling satisfied, feeling surprised, feeling recognised, you know, yeah. um, and feeling like people see you and therefore the emotions get to regulate more and so we become responsive rather than reactive Mm, so that's probably the first place that I get people to look is like what's really going on internally and if you feel like you're always kind of holding yourself back from you know going rah all over everybody (laughs) (laughs) then yeah there's something there's something in the way of your joy and your peace and your happiness yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I'm telling a bit like a broken record in as much as I find this fascinating. This is a, this is a world, this is a way of thinking that is newly opening up to me. And I think we've spoken before about, you know, I've, I've been, I've used different tools and personality profiling and things like that in my career and business to date. And that's been my way of unpacking 
uh, or understanding me, I should say, and and sort of how to get the most out of myself to this point. But I feel like this is a whole other level. I feel mm-hmm. this is like a whole other, it's like, it's almost like a whole other dimension. And it's, it's a really exciting thing to unpack uh, and, and, to, 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 and to discover about ourselves as well. Because I think when we can be, when we can, as you, to continue that analogy, when we can shed all those clothes off or at least start shedding them off, um, we're going to feel lighter and we're, and when we're lighter and more in alignment with what we're supposed to be doing, all of that is going to come so much more naturally. And it just makes me think that, you know, a lot of the problems per se that we are, um, that many women in business or I'm speaking specifically to women in business, but anybody might be experiencing in life is because we're all trying to live this life. That's actually completely out of alignment with where we're supposed to be. I mean, it's almost, it's almost um, head, like, you know, always wants to make my head explode <laughs> with the potential that that if as a society we all tapped into this, what it could be. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that people have to suddenly leave all their jobs and, you know, burn all the bridges and burn all the boats and all those things. <laughs> it's, it's about getting in alignment with because sometimes it's a really small tweak. I do a bit of private coaching and I work with leaders and their teams in their businesses and Sometimes it's just a really small tweak, like moving somebody from that position within the, the, the organisation over to this position within the organisation because even though they followed certain qualifications and skills and that type of thing, sometimes, not always, but sometimes that's because somebody else told them they should and they're not actually the best person for that. But when you start to peel away all the pieces of paper and all the society stuff, and you actually look at people as individual human beings that are also then part of this individuation of like how do we all come together and actually need each other in this journey, right? Because I teach a lot in my business about borrowing genius, Mm -hmm. and I believe that each of us has our own unique genius. How we choose to wield that is up to us, you know, But it's not about trying to become like the the master of everything, right? Because then you just it's it becomes this um, you're like you you actually become the master of none. It's yes. like you you think that you're going to help everyone, you're going to do everything, you're going to get all these pieces of paper and certifications and skills and all this kind of stuff, and then I'll figure out what I'm here to do, right? Whereas when we can really just go into the actual individual. And this is where we, they often need somebody else because it's really difficult to see our own genius, mm. really difficult because there's so many blind spots for ourselves. But when someone else can look in, and this is what's so great about the Gene Keys, for example, is it's basically just a map. <laughs> it's just a map where you can look at yourself in another form on the page and start to read about it and unpack it and then start to identify and accept and embrace those traits as you, you know, yeah. and then and start to realise that, oh, wow, that is actually what I do. I feel really good owning that that is something that I do really well. And when I actually think about it, that's something that all my friends and family and, you know, potential clients or whatever come to me for because that's what they see in me and a lot of the time people are doing something completely different but everyone's coming to them for 
advice on something, right? And then they go, oh, I never thought of that before as my thing, you know? And so it's like we've got to start to get better at really appreciating and nurturing people's true genius because it just it allows them to bloom it allows them to flourish and then they feel accepted and recognized and you know people feel that there's suddenly an opening that they can now approach them for that genius because I for example with your accountancy I'm terrible at all that sort of stuff and so I always have hired people for that I didn't want to go and learn it's like I don't go into surgery and then have the surgeon say to me, okay, now you're going to have to go through at least six, potentially eight years of study and you need to figure out exactly what we're going to do first and then we'll operate, right? That doesn't happen. You yeah. get wheeled in there. They say, are you in here for this? Yes or no? <laughs> and then they do it. You don't want to know how they do it, why they do it, what they know about it. Like, we don't need any of that. I just want to borrow their genius so that they can help me and then I can get back to my life. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating? I find it fascinating how um, in that that kind of example, it seems absolutely ludicrous that we should want to, we should even want to, we should even be considering doing everything. Yet in a business context, particularly let's say, you know, a mum that's left a corporate career or a, a, a standard nine to five job and has gone out and followed a passion and started her own business, we sort of have this belief that we need to be able to do everything. We need to be the bookkeeper. We need to be the accountant. We need to be the administrator. We need to be the organizer. We need to be the planner. We need to be the marketer. We need to be the salesperson. We need to be everything because that's what being successful in business is. Yet when you've just shared that example, there's no way in hell we would consider going and training to be a surgeon to then operate on ourselves. So I wonder what it is that makes us society believe that we have to do it all in business. I think because the systems that we're part of, the, the education systems, everything that we're part of, teaches us that we have to do everything ourselves. Mm. And I know when I took my children out of the school system and we started homeschooling, the biggest thing that I noticed in my kids, we do this thing called de-schooling. So it's where for every year that they're at school, they have to de-school for a month, right? So it's like okay. a deconditioning of the system and the structure. And what I found interesting about my eldest, because um, he'd been at school the longest, obviously, was he was in this thing of he could only concentrate for 45 minutes at a time because that's what the class length was. Right. And so he couldn't finish anything. So, and the pattern that I noticed with him was nothing was ever completed. So every time he started something, there'd be 45 minutes to do it. And then you stopped and went to another class. Right. And you didn't come back to that thing for days, weeks later. And so it was this observing this struggle of his body would just stop at 45 minutes and I'd say keep going finish what you're doing I can't it's like why not and then no one else can do it because again taught that no one else can do this because I need to know where I'm up to I need to know I need to be the one who gets the marks I need to be the one who passes he couldn't have left that there and then I picked it up and came and finished it for him and so then at the next class it was there finished ready to go because that's not how they're taught Mm. 
right? And so there's there's none of this. There's nobody has nurtured this ability. And you know, I'm a single mother now, also. And the conversation I have with other single women, especially in business, and I get a lot of people asking me, "How do you be a single mother? <laughs> have three teenagers, homeschool them, and run a successful business all at the same time?" Yeah. And for me, it doesn't feel difficult because I've got help. And mm. I'm the first one to outsource my cleaning and my lawn mowing and, you know, all the things that I just don't have time to do because there's no badge of honour for being busy. And I think we get so addicted to busyness because we've associated busyness with achievement and success. Yep. yep. Where I'm the person who's like, I want to work the least amount of time humanly possible <laughs> <laughs> and make a whole lot of money. So that I can have a lifestyle for my children, how do I do that? Yeah. And that's what I've always created within my life. It's like I that if it feels too difficult, if it feels too hard, if I feel myself getting to that place of frustration, then it's too difficult and I need to simplify. So for me, it's always how can this be simpler? How can this be simpler? And a fantastic book to read is by Gary Keller called The One Thing. Okay. And he... He talks about what's the one thing that you can do that as such makes everything else easier or less important. And so it's about bringing yourself back all the time to what's the one thing. If I strip everything else away, what's just the one thing right now in this moment that I can do next? And then this, you can unpack this in so many ways, you know. It's like what's the one person you're going to serve? What's the one problem you're going to solve? What's the one? It's the fastest way to success. Doesn't mean you're limited. It actually makes you more abundant because you get to really refine and zero in on that zone of genius by knowing what's the one thing that people come to me for? What's the one thing that I love to share with people and that lights me up? What's the one thing I can do right now when I'm feeling tired and I can't unpack or, or you know, get into my creativity? What's the one thing I can do? You can go sleep. Okay, then just go sleep. You know, it's, it's just simplify everything by bringing it down. And so, yeah, from my experience, people believe that they're, they're an island and they have to do everything on their own and they don't. We come from this tribal society of a village mm-hmm. and people are screaming to be plugged back into that, you know, and, and that there's so that there's, there's ways that we can. If, imagine if everyone in the world really did know their genius and really stood on that space and held it and didn't move off it and just focused on their one genius that they're here for. This is kids. This is everyone. And I say to my kids, you don't start your genius when you're 18 or 20 or 25 or 30. It's it's now. Like now is the time that you can really start to unpack and discover and dive deeper. And and I do a lot of project-based learning. So they're always just going down their own little rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. They exhaust them, you know. But it gives them this permission that is so different to what other kids are experiencing because they're not being told what to do. 
they're being invited to explore what they're feeling called to and what they're feeling interested in. And they either go down the rabbit hole, hole and exhaust it and then go, yeah, over that, not interested in it anymore, and that's done. Yep. But the thing that I find with so many clients that I work with as adults is all these little rabbit holes they wanted to go down and they weren't allowed to. Mm-hmm. They're so stuck and fixated on those that when we start working together as adults, they go, I always wanted to do this. And so then when they go down that rabbit hole and then go, oh, no, that's not actually what I wanted, they again have been taught that that equals failure yep. and that if they've started something or put resources into, you know, learning something or doing another course or doing a certification or getting a, you know, a degree or something in something, it's like, oh, no, now I've wasted this time and this money and what will people think of me? And so they stay connected to that because it's like, oh, this is they have to. I feel like I have to continue this. And they build these entire careers off things that should have just been a rabbit hole they went down and explored and just accepted that it wasn't for them. I think there there is so much in what you've just said there that that resonates with me personally and I know know for a fact is going to resonate with people listening um, Mm -hmm. because of the messages that I get and the conversations that I have around these sort of... um, I can't do that because of this and I can't do that because of this and what are people going to think about me and that's such a disappointment and that's such a waste of time and that's such a waste of effort and that's such a waste of money. You know, how often do we hear those kind of things? And I love that way of looking at it. Just, you know, see it as an opportunity. You had a look down the down the rabbit hole. No, it wasn't for me. Come back out again. But, you know, I know I've certainly felt a lot of, um, what's the word? A lot of judgment and a lot of, um, and that's self-judgment as well in as much as, oh, look at her changing her mind again sort of thing, you know. Um, How unprofessional is that? Um, You know, why can't she just grow up and settle down like every normal person? Those are kind of thoughts that have gone through my head. So, you know, if they've gone through my head, chances are they've gone through multiple people's heads listening to this as well. So what advice would you give to, to someone feeling like that right now? Again, it's, it's the going within. It's the being really true to yourself. And there's, there's the piece where there's the judgment around, I'm changing my mind every five minutes, what will people think, right? There's that piece. But then there's also this piece around um, you need to know the difference. This is why knowing yourself is mm. so important because you need to know the difference between just being fearful of something because your your physical body is going, no, this doesn't feel correct for me, like this is really feeling bad and wrong and I'm afraid of this and I, I, I'm procrastinating and I'm doing all these other things and I'm not, like there's lots of resistance and lots of push there. Yeah. There's a difference between that and it just not being your thing, right, and then it's just, it's just incorrect for you, end of conversation. Mm-hmm. Then there's another element where when you know yourself, and again, when we bring in the authority piece from the human design, and for example, mine is um, satisfaction or frustration. And so that fr- if I'm just frustrated because I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a bit nervous, right? Because as we start to activate all of these emotions, then to truly be seen as ourselves, it's really easy to be seen 
as something else, something Mm -hmm. else under someone else's umbrella, right? So if you work for someone else and they said, Claire, go out and sell these things. Oh, all right. You go out and sell those things because they're putting money in your account every week and that's your job. It's not about you, right? There's a dissociation between you and the thing. And so you can almost pass off if the product or the offer or the thing isn't in alignment, it's like, oh, well, it's just my, I was just doing my job. Yeah. It's actually the company's fault, you know, go deal with them, right? <laughs> but suddenly when it's you and you're standing there naked and you're completely exposed, now suddenly it matters way more than it did before, right? Yeah. Because now your reputation's on the line. Now your integrity's on the line. Now everybody's looking at you naked (laughs) and it's so much more like it's you're so much more exposed and you feel so much more vulnerable in that place and so it's very different in that place to then experience the fear and the frustration simply because it's like as soon as I speak everyone's going to turn their their heads and look at me naked that's very different to no I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time and this was was a bad idea right absolutely oh my gosh I'm just like oh (laughs) I could just keep this conversation going and we actually we are going to keep this conversation going aren't we in the hub you're going to come along and um, talk a bit more about um about the how how we can start to tap into who we are um and what it is that we're supposed to be doing so I'm really really excited about that anyone listening in that wants to be a part of that then jump on into the show notes and I will share the link of how to be involved in the hub now Emma this has been an absolutely fabulous fascinating conversation if people want to connect with you find out a bit more about what you do or maybe speak to you about finding out a bit more about what they should be doing where can they find you so easiest place to find me is on facebook under emma purcell and my business page is emma purcell consciousness collective awesome yeah, that's the best place to find me because I'm forever changing things and doing things differently. So yeah, <laughs> that's where it's always kept up to date. <laughs> Fabulous. And I'll post the show notes. Uh, oh, I've done it again. I'll post the link to that in the show notes of this episode as well. So everyone can um, find it really easily. Emma, thank you so much. It truly has been a fascinating conversation. And I hate to cut it short because there's so much more, um, so many more rabbit holes we can go down, but very conscious of your time and really, really grateful for sharing your insight with us today. So thank you very much. Thank you. And that is a wrap for episode number 42 of the Real Life Business Podcast. Thank you again to Emma for coming on and sharing her expertise on the fact that we're not all here to do the same thing. I, when I first heard that, it was almost like a weight got lifted from my shoulders. When I've started to dig into my design and my charts and what I'm actually here to do, you know, I'm not here to do, 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 and be the, the consistent energy that a lot of uh, the population are. And I've always kind of beaten myself up for why can't I just get stuff done like other people? Why can't I focus on things? Why can't I, why can't I just complete things like most other people can? And the more I dig into my design, I, I understand that I, that's not my role. That's not what I'm here to do. You know, I guide, I support, I come up with ideas 
others. And then my superpower is borrowing the genius of others, as Emma said in this episode, and collaborating and forming relationships and forming hubs where I can share that information and others can share that information. And yeah, I just think it's a really, really exciting world that when we can actually understand what we're here to do, we can do it with so much more ease and freedom. And at the end of the day, who doesn't want a business that's more easy (laughs) and more free? I think that's probably something that we're all striving for, isn't it? So if you want to understand a little bit more about your design and how you can discover what you are actually here to do, Emma is going to be presenting a deeper dive session in the Real Life Business Hub on the 3rd of May. And so if you want to be a part of that, then then shoot me a DM on Insta or send me an email, claire at reignitepc.com.au and I will let you know all you need to know to be a part of that session. Alrighty then, that is all from me for this week. I will be back in your ears very soon and until then, bye-bye. You have been listening to the Real Life Business Podcast with me, Claire Marquick, bringing confidence, clarity and calm to the busy mum in business. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. It is much appreciated and I love to connect with you. I love to hear what you think and what you take away from these conversations. So what would be awesome for you to do right now is take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode from and share it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at claremarkwick.reignite. And let's share this real life business message. Let's share this message that we can have the business that we want, the lifestyle that we want, and it doesn't have to drive us crazy in the process. I will be back in your ears really soon. And until then, bye-bye.